57. We'll continue our study. Started a new study last week on the life of Joseph. The life of Joseph. And we'll see as we go through this study that in various situations, Joseph was a type of Christ in many situations. Now, as I brought forth last week, like, like all types, there's a breakdown. Joseph was a sinner just like you and I, but the Lord Jesus Christ is a perfect, spotless, sinless man. He's fully God and fully man. He's perfect and without sin. And in the book of Genesis, we see multiple pictures and types of Christ brought forth. And Adam typified Christ as our covenant head before he fell. He's the federal head of all humans. And Abel showed forth the death of Christ as our sacrifice and offering the, the as our sacrifice and offering the proper sacrifice with the shedding of blood. His was accepted, and his brother Cain's was rejected was because it was due to his own works. Noah also represented Christ in the saving of his household. Abraham and Isaac portrayed the substitutionary sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ on Mount Moriah. Melchizedek revealed Christ as our great high priest. Isaac pictured Christ the promised seed in whom all the nations of the earth are blessed. And Jacob saw Christ as a ladder, which, which represents the only mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So we're looking into the life of Joseph, and as we go through this study, we'll see again that he is a type and a picture of Christ. Now let us always remember too that as we read these scriptures, that unfolding before us is the eternal purpose of God. Unfolding before us. We, we may not always understand the situations. Well, we have the blessing of being able to know what happens, but think of Joseph. He, he, he did not always understand what was happening just like us in our lives. But yet God's eternal purpose was being worked out for his good and for God's glory. And this is true of all those who are called in Christ Jesus for all those who are called according to what? His purpose. His purpose. So let's read verses 1 to 11 in Genesis 37. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilphah, his father's wife. And jo- his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you with this dream which I have dreamed, for behold, we are binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made Obstance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to them, Shalt thou reign over us? Or shalt thou, have, thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. And he dreamed yet another dream and told it to his brethren and said, Behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And behold, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars made 
substance to me. And he told it to his father and to his brethren. And his father rebuked him and said unto him, What is this dream that thou hast dreamed? Shall I and thy mother and thy brethren indeed come to bow bow ourselves to thee, to the earth? And his brethren envied him, but his father observed the same. Now we see here in verses 1 to 2 that Joseph and his brothers were shepherds and they were tending their father's flock. And something the brothers did was evil, but Joseph was not involved And then he went and reported it to his father. Let's look at verses 1 and 2. And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock and his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto unto his father their evil report. Now take note. Joseph's name. He was actually given two names, Joseph from his father, and we know Zaphnath Paneah from Pharaoh, which is over in Genesis 41-45, when, when Pharaoh made him lord over all of Egypt. Well, our Lord had two names given to him, his divine name and a human name. His divine name is Christ, which means anointed of God. Anointed of God. His human name, which is Jesus means Savior. Savior. These two names are given to him because he is both the Son of God and the Son of Man. Now we know that in Adam we all fell. We all fell. But we see in the two names given to Joseph that Christ is pictured as well. We see in his names he's a type of the Savior. The name Joseph means adding. Adding. Well, we lost everything in Adam, didn't we? We lost everything in Adam. And now we're born dead in trespasses and sins. But Christ is our second Adam, who is the adder of all that was lost in Adam. He's the restorer of all that was lost in Adam. And Christ is the one who brings us from death to life. It's all Christ. And it is he who adds to heaven the sons of God. It's he who does that. Because all who are redeemed of the Lord are born again. And what, what happens when we die? We're taken to heaven. We're taken to heaven by the Lord Jesus Christ. And why did he come into this world? Well, he came into this world to save his people from their sins, didn't he? And he accomplished that. He lived the perfect righteous life in our place and he died upon the cursed tree as our substitute and and he alone is our savior he alone now joseph's second name which was given to him was zaphnath paniah and you know what it means it means treasury of glorious rest (laughs) treasury of glorious rest oh my Who do we find rest in? Only in Christ. Only in Christ do we find rest. So just as Joseph was also the governor over Egypt, and all who wanted food came to him, our great Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the bread of life for his people. 
And it is He who is the great provider for His people, isn't it? And we find rest in, in He who has the treasury of all rest, eh? The Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know that in Christ all that a sinner needs is found? Everything that we as sinners need is found in Christ. He's our wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He's, he's everything. He's everything to us. All spiritual blessings are found in him. And take note that Joseph was also a shepherd. We see in the text that he was feeding the flock. He was feeding the flock. Again, we have another picture of Christ, who is what? The great shepherd of our, of our souls, the great shepherd of his people. Psalm 23 brings that out very clearly, doesn't it? Let's turn there. I know you all know it, and we all know it. We've heard it since we were kids, but oh, for God's people, it means so much more, doesn't it? He's the great shepherd. He's the one who feeds the flock. He's the one who tends the flock. He's the one who cares for the flock. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is. Jehovah is my shepherd. I shall not want. All that a sinner needs is found in Christ. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. That's the green pastures of his word, beloved. He leadeth me beside the still waters. What do we find in Christ? Peace and rest. Peace and rest. He restoreth my soul. We're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Well, we're clothed in this perfect spotless righteousness and he leads us, doesn't he? The scripture says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and we're only good in Christ. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake according to his plan and purpose. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and this life is the valley of the shadow of death, beloved. We have trials and tribulations in this, in this world. And death, death has no sting for the believer anymore. <laughs> no sting. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. The Lord is with me. He's my shepherd. Jehovah is my shepherd. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of thine enemies. Thou anointest my cup or my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Again, we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. And, and does not our cup overflow in spiritual blessings, beloved? Oh, my. Surely goodness and mercy. One preacher said, these are the sheepdogs of God. <laughs> Keep us going. Keep us in line. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness and mercy. Oh, we've received both in Christ, haven't we? Both of them in Christ. So this figure of our great Savior as the shepherd of his people brings forth that he is ever watchful over his people. Oh, he loves his people. He watches over them. Brings forth his patience in the fact that he protects us. And we see here in our text the shadow and Joseph feeding the flock. Who feeds us as believers? The great shepherd. 
the great shepherd of our souls, speaks of not only of the earthly ministry of our Lord, who was sent unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel and who spent himself in tending the needs of others and giving his life for his people, but it speaks also of how he continually feeds us through, the, through his word. And as the great shepherd in glory, he's ever watchful over his people. And again, he feeds us in the green pastures of his words. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 37, look at verse 2. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17, year old, 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and with the sons of Zilphah, his father's wives. And Joseph bought unto his father their evil report. We'll see all through this study that Joseph has a right spirit within him. And in this section, in verse 2, he's grieved in his spirit by evil, which his brothers had done. Now, it's not indicated what they did, just that they did something that was evil. Something that was evil. And Joseph gives an account of what they did to his father. Now, if you have brothers and sisters, you've experienced you probably experience when your sibling will tell your parents when you've done something wrong. And it usually does not go over well with your parents. Didn't with mine. And I didn't like it when my brothers said something to me about me to my parents. But as the youngest, I have developed the fine art of just yelling mum as the youngest. My brothers would get yelled at even if they did nothing wrong. And of course, it didn't go over too well with my brothers. And I was usually the recipients of a few quick shots from them if they could catch me. Usually I took off before that, knowing I'd be giggling away, taking off, because knowing knowing what was coming if they caught me, but they sure didn't appreciate it when I did that. And even when it was justified, they really didn't appreciate it. And I know it's so for you all. We're all we, are, we can all we all know what that's like. Some of us have been on the receiving end of that, and some of us have been on the giving end of that. But Joseph, Joseph had a right spirit about him, and so he goes and he tells his father about the evil deed, not not necessarily to get his brothers in trouble, just to, to do what's right. To do what's right. And again, that wouldn't have went over well with the brothers. Wouldn't have went over well with them at all. But Joseph loved righteousness. He loved righteousness and hated evil. And then again, in that respect, he typified our Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9 says this about our Lord. Now Israel, or it says, Thou, hate, thou, hatest, or thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Our Lord loves righteousness and he hates iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. So the Father has anointed the Lord Jesus Christ with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. He showed favor to Christ in his human form. Now let's look at verse 3. It says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son 
of his old age, and he made a coat of many, many colors. I named this message Love by the Father because of this one verse right here. Love by the Father. Look at this. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. Now we know that Joseph was the firstborn of Jacob's wife, Rachel. And we see here in Scripture that Israel, Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Turn, if you would, to Genesis chapter 30. We'll read verses 22 to 24. And the Scripture declares this in verse 22 to 24. And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. Again, I mentioned that earlier that Joseph manifested a right spirit before his father. And listen to what John Gill brings forth about, about verse 3 there. Is one of the reasons why Jacob loved Joseph more than others. Though Joseph was a child in years, he was old in wisdom and knowledge. In all probability, Joseph spent more time with his father than his brothers did. Being an old man, Jacob would need someone to lean on as he walked from place to place, sometimes to minister to his needs. And as one wisely stated, it is a custom with the old men to take one of their little children in, 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 in this culture. It was a custom with an old man to take one of their little children to be with them continually and attend upon them and minister to them and lean upon their arm and such as one was called the son of their old age, which is what Joseph is called in our text here. Because he ministered to them in their old age. Let's look at verse 3 again, and we see that Jacob loved Joseph above all his children. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. And he made him a coat of many colors. Take note of the words before us. We see that Israel loved Joseph more than all his brethren. And how Joseph or how Jacob, Israel, Jacob, loved Joseph. How he loved him. We see here proclaimed in this verse. And we see here also how he's distinguished from his brethren. Don't we? We see here how he's distinguished from among his brethren. By his father giving him a coat of many colors. We also see later in the life of Joseph that Jacob's inconsolable grief when he believed that Joseph had been destroyed by beasts because he loved him. And what, it, what love is also manifest that we'll see later on in the fact that Jacob made a long journey to Egypt just to look upon his son's face again when he found out he was alive. And all these things tell us of a great, deep love that Israel, Jacob, had for Joseph. Now think, beloved of God, 
of the Father's love for his only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Marvel at how Joseph was the object of Jacob's love, Israel, because he was a child of Israel's old age. Turn, if you would, to Proverbs chapter 8. And again, what a picture of the love that God the Father has for the Son of God. He was daily the Father's delight and glory in eternity. He was daily the Father's delight. Look at this in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 22. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. Look at that. Proverbs 8.22 The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his ways before his works of old. Well, this is speaking of the Father with the word of God. The Lord Jesus Christ we know. Then I was, look at verse uh, 30. Then I was by him as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight. (laughs) Daily. Rejoicing always before him. Now, God the Son was not born in time, beloved. He is the second person of the Trinity. He is eternally the begotten Son of God, the eternal Father. Very God of very God, equal with the Father. He's totally equal with the Father, as well as equal with the Holy Spirit. The three are one. Turn, if you would, to John chapter 1, where we see this is so plainly brought forth. And we know the Word of God was was made flesh. The word of God was made flesh. Look at how clearly this is brought forth that the word was with the Father in eternity. John 1 One to three. In the beginning was the Word. That's the one we read of, who was daily the Father's delight. And the Word was with God. We saw that, daily his delight. And the Word was what? Was God. Now the Jehovah Witnesses, they do gymnastics over the Greek, in the Greek, and they put was a God. No, it's called logos. He's God. He's God. He's the Word of God. There's no way that you can put a God in there. He's God. Was God. Period. End of story. Look at this. The same was in the beginning with God. We read about that in Proverbs chapter 8, didn't we? We just read about that. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Well, he's the creator. And then look at verse 14. It just... Look at this. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. The mystery of the incarnation. And dwelt among us. We beheld his glory. The glory is is of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. Again, the Lord Jesus Christ is God incarnate in the flesh. And in him is all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So marvel at the love of Jacob for Joseph. This is a picture of God's love for his only begotten son. 
It's a picture of God's love for his only begotten son and how sweetly it is illustrated here before us in this text. We know the son of God became incarnate. He was about going about his public ministry and the heavens were opened. And, and what, what, what happened when the heavens were opened? The voice of the father was heard saying what? This is my beloved son. This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. And near the end of the ministry of our Savior, we again see the Father's voice, or hear the Father's voice again at the Mount of Transfiguration saying, this is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. So the Father's love for for the Son is so obvious all through Scripture. It's a great love. It's an everlasting love. And then in John ten seventeen, our Lord says this, Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. Oh, his Father, what great love the Father has for the Lord Jesus Christ. In the God, the Father also manifested his great love that he had for the Lord Jesus Christ by raising him from the grave, beloved. By raising him from the grave and exalting him on high when he had finished the work which the Father gave him to do. And what was that work? To redeem us from our sins. My. Scripture declares, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. God did this. So God the Father has highly exalted his blessed Son. He's now seated at the right hand of glory, interceding for his people. And each believer can say for me. He's doing that for me. Oh, what great love the Father has for the Son. Let's go back to our text there in verse 3. And we see that Israel, Jacob, made Joseph a coat of many colors. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. Now some believe that this was a long coat that reached down to Joseph's ankles with sleeves that reached all the way to the palms of his hands. Nevertheless, either way, it was a coat. It was a coat with different pieces of various colors. Listen to what John Gill brings forth about this. This might be an emblem of the various virtues which early appeared in Joseph, or rather of the several graces of the Spirit of God implanted in him, and of the raiment of needlework, the righteousness of Christ, which he was clothed in his various providence, which Jacob, under the spirit of prophecy, foresaw he, Joseph, would be attended with. And note the father, Israel, Jacob, made the coat for Joseph. And here we have a picture of the believer clothed in the perfect spotless righteousness of Christ and distinguished from their brethren in the flesh. Think of this. I have two other brothers and nephews and nieces. As far as I know, I'm the only one who has been saved in my family. And God has clothed me in his son's righteousness. Think of that in your life as a believer. God clothed you, clothed you in the righteousness of Christ. He's distinguished you from your brother. 
and that God has done this. It's all the work of God. And it's he who clothed us in that righteousness, isn't he? He did it all. The Father clothes us in Christ's righteousness, which we, we desperately need to be in the presence of God. We could not be in the presence of God without the wedding garment. The pure, spotless righteousness of Christ. Now we cannot manufacture a righteousness which would make us fit to be in God's presence, can we? No, no one can. That's why we we must be clothed in Christ's righteousness. We must be. And each believer is. And and. And how, how this is brought forth in the scripture that says, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Again, our, our sins are imputed to Christ, and the Father clothes us in the perfect righteousness of Christ. It's wondrous. It's absolutely wondrous, beloved. And the righteousness of Christ is a robe which our Heavenly Father prepares for his people. And it's given to us freely according to the will of God, isn't it? It's given to us freely according to the will of God, by the grace of God, through Christ alone. And it's Christ who's wrought out this perfect robe of righteousness for his people. This is called the garment of salvation. The garment of salvation that we are wrapped in, that we're clothed in. Look at verse 4, and it says, And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. We see Joseph was distinguished from his brethren by the love of Israel. Beloved, we are distinguished from our brethren by the grace and love of God and the mercy of God in and through Christ. We see here that Joseph was distinguished from his brethren and the love that Israel had for for Joseph and the fact that he gave him a coat of many colors. And think of how that would distinguish him even more from his brethren. And if he wore that, they'd see him in that coat knowing that was given to him by our by our father. How come we don't have one? And so, verse 4 exposes the wicked hearts of his brethren and their hatred for Joseph by their attitude toward him and by the way they spoke of him. Now think of how our Lord came to this earth. Why? To redeem us from our sins. And think of how he was despised and rejected by man. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And even when we were dead, in trespasses and sins, even when we despised our Lord when we were in that situation, if not by if not by words, then by our actions. Right? But now, what a great change has been wrought in us. We're born again to the Holy Spirit of God. And now we love Him. And now we're clothed in His perfect spotless righteousness. All because of what Christ has done for us.
All because he died on Calvary's cross in our place. All because he shed his blood to purchase our eternal souls. Now we love him who is the great shepherd of our souls. We love he who is called the Lord our righteousness. That's what he's called, isn't he? The Lord our righteousness. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. And he's our king. And God's people say praise his mighty name. Heavenly Father, we thank you again for allowing us to look into thy word. And oh, oh, what a picture what Joseph is of thee, Lord Jesus. And, and we've seen in this portion here what a picture he is of every believer being clothed in that the special coat of many colors. What a picture of the righteousness of Christ and how it is you, Father, who bestows that upon we who are your people. Glory to you, Lord. Honor and praise to thy name. In Jesus' name, amen.